Hello gorgeous women of reverence, you belong here. We are a platform of like-minded Christian women from diverse cultures, races, and generations who come together to share, encourage, strengthen, support, and equip each other as we journey together with Jesus Christ. Together, we thrive. This is Lusanda Lamini, your podcast host. Good day, gorgeous woman of reverence. It's so good to be back with you. And today I have a special guest, uh, a friend that we met through social media, actually, and God just knitted our hearts. Her name is Caitlin DeBeer. She is an author. She is a podcaster, too. So do follow her podcast. We'll put it up on our post. She is a a life coach, just like me. Wow, we have a lot in common. And she is an author. And her book was reviewed by me on Women of Reverence Book Club. So welcome, Caitlin. Yeah, thank you. I I love how I can see your face and everyone else can't. And it looks like you're presenting on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I love beautifully. it. But yeah. I wish everyone else could see that. But thank you for having me. It is wonderful to be here and to, um, and to just connect with other women who, yes. who love Jesus, but also who are just trying to do life um, in, in the hecticness that we live in, um, but to prioritize Jesus in that process. So, yeah, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you, my friend. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, friend, I did mention, obviously, what you do, but can you tell, tell us who is Caitlin? Yes, absolutely. Gosh, sounds like such a big <laughs> question. Who is Caitlin? <laughs> I know the biblical, like, correct answer is I should say I'm a child of God, <laughs> but, but I would not be acting in personality there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I am a wife to my husband, Hendrik. We've been married for nine and a half years. Um, wow. So amazing, yeah. And um, and like every other marriage, you know, we have so many ups and downs, and, mm-hmm. and I'm a very real person and I, I just I love that I am and I don't try to put on a show I once did a podcast episode actually called if we were dating we would have broken up <laughs> but we married <laughs> and we always say that that's the real that if God was not involved yeah. we wouldn't have chosen each other <laughs> exactly yeah and we might not still be choosing each other every day or every year so but yes I'm married I'm a mom of two my son is four and my daughter's five um, wow. and they just are my absolute lights um, they haven't always been my lights at certain stages. Yeah. <laughs> These stages are delightful. Um, and then, yeah, outside of that, as you said, I'm an author. I'm a new author. Um, I think we, we may chat about it a bit on here. I don't know if we'll get into it. But I, I wrote a daily devotional last year, um, 365 wow. daily devotions for women. And it came out of just the absolute hardest, roughest possible season of my life, um, out of deep, deep physical pain with no yeah. answers, um, where I'd felt like God was going to heal me so many times and, and mm. there I sat in my pain. And eventually when I surrendered and I said, okay, God, I get it, that that faith doesn't exclude us from suffering. I knew <laughs> that I'd thought it did, yeah. Mm. And um, yeah, and out came this book. So it was written super fast and um, God just brought things together. And I can truly say God did. And in other areas of my career, I'd rather say I did, almost like I had to yeah. make it happen. This I didn't. And and the beauty of that is that he then really does get the glory um, because Amen. I really didn't feel like I was 
a part of it as much as people might assume when they read it. It just didn't feel that way. I was broken. I wasn't this happy author sitting in my comfy chair writing a book. You know, I was Mm. the sole, very sad, depressed (laughs) human writing a book, not knowing if it would sell. Um, But yeah, and then um, outside, I think, of my career, I love the outdoors. I love um, being active, which for the last two years, I haven't been able to. Um, due to a, a chronic pain condition but in the last month I can say that God truly has healed me and I'm walking Amen. healing I've just taken my dogs for a walk now in the rain with a four-year-old mm. I don't advise it as a poor joyful but um, yeah so I'm, I'm really stepping into that healing which is which has been a beautiful process I'm just very grateful for what God has done in me so yeah but I love an active life I love the beach and I love um, just working with women and inspiring women and, and just showing up as I am and yeah. that giving others to show up as they are, which I think sometimes it takes someone else giving us permission to realize that actually we're okay, that actually what we're thinking is fine and normal and mm-hmm. that you're allowed to be a Christian and swear or <laughs> I'm saying all the wrong things on a, on a Christian podcast channel. No. <laughs> but, uh, That's fine. You know, sometimes it's just a relief to actually let someone else yeah. say, like, uh, don't worry, me too. Um, yeah. Are getting this perfectly right. And, and it is just by God's grace that we, that we live and yeah. be and yeah, can be. So that's me. Oh, lovely. I love that you, you're talking about being authentic. I think that's what linked our hearts yeah. um, together in our chatting over the phone. We, we found out that we can be real and vulnerable, and that's how God used us best. Yeah. Because sometimes people will ask me, how can you be that vulnerable? And I'm like, if it was according to me, I would hide certain things. Yeah. But God, at maybe I'm speaking or I'm preaching, and God would just drop a certain examples right there and then, and my heart is to obey the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really grateful that you are here and you're going to be just yourself. And you touched a bit on your journey to being an author, but I know you are a clinical psychologist by profession. You've got honors um, in that, and you're also a speaker and a life coach. How did the Lord almost drive you um, to those parts. Yes, absolutely. I don't even know if you know this part yet. Um, but yeah, so I'm not a clinical psychologist. I did study clinical psychology. Oh, I stopped okay. sort of before the end. Um, but okay. the way it happened was I, I was studying clinical psych. I did six years. Um, then in my final year, I was actually doing a life coaching course. It was quick. It was like a three-month course. And I just mm-hmm. fell in love with this future mindset. And yes. I love, I love, I naturally see potential. I naturally am very much like a mover. I move fast. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm an action person. So I like, I know <laughs> sometimes too much, too much action, not as much thinking, but um, I loved it. And so I actually just made the call to, to cut my psych journey and to go in the route of, um, of life coaching. Um, wow. And so I started straight away. So I have lectured in psychology at university level. I lectured for six mm-hmm. years. So that's amazing because I got to stay in the profession. You know, lecturing is so different to um, studying. You actually see yes. so much more when you lecture because you actually have to know it. You're not just trying to pass yes. it. Yes. So that was amazing. And I, I lectured up to honors level. So it was that was incredible from a psych perspective. Um, but in terms of coaching, yeah, so I've I, just started my company straight away when I wow. qualified. So I think I was 22, 23. 
And um, I just launched a brand and I decided to just start coaching. And what comes naturally to me is working on myself. And that started, and I want to bring this mm-hmm. in now, is um, that I finished school and I'd, I'd sort of got very comfortable being good at things and, and finding an identity and being known for what I was good at. Mm-hmm. And then I went off to varsity and I was just nobody. And that was just the scariest thing on earth. And I developed an eating disorder and it was almost like it gave me an identity. It was like, well, that's who I am now. I'm that skinny girl. Mm. I'm that girl that's skinnier than everyone else, which supposedly everyone wants to be. I'm Mm. winning when really, I Mm. mean, no anorexic is winning. Um, But I ended up in the October of 2007, I put myself into rehab. And I put myself because it was such an active choice. I was so over living for for what I thought the world expected me to be. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they didn't, of course. And as we crap, we realized no one actually cares. But but at the right <laughs> age of 18, I thought everyone did. Um, and that began, um, so I'd studied already at VCOM for a year by then, but I then went back to varsity after that. And and really, I think I'd always understood God's love in my head because I was a, a saved Christian. I'd always understood it. I just hadn't, it hadn't maybe got to my heart just yet see that unconditional love and not having to perform for that love and so I then went back to study psych and then obviously this whole journey began and yeah so yes. I've worked with gosh maybe six seven hundred women um coached since and and through wow. online programs which we'll talk about um, yes. and just using tools I actually used on myself in better and and really establishing a really healthy self-esteem a healthy relationship with myself with God, with the world, um, and managing emotions constructively, which is one of the most difficult things that women find. Yes, that's yeah. so true. And, and then I pulled it into motherhood, and then that became a course. And so every time I felt like I was working on something within myself that was effective, I would then want to share it. And so I put it into a, a program that I would then yeah. market. And when I got bored of that, well, first it was self-esteem. And then when I was out of that stage of life, I thought, well, now I'm in motherhood. But the same sort of lessons apply. And so I made yeah. a and so on. So it's it's been a beautiful journey because it's, as we said, that whole real and authentic thing, because it's been my journey. But, yes. you know, and, so, and I'm happy to share that part of, of the story. Yes. With yes. And so yes. if they're on that journey too, well, how amazing. Let's, wow. let's do it. You know, let's work on this together. Um, but I actually get it. And I won't get it all. Of course, none of us do. Our lives are so different. But the elements that do overlap for sure. And in motherhood, yes. gosh, I think there are a lot of things that although we're raising yeah. kids and we're differently wired across um, socioeconomic standards, across cultures, across races, across there are overlaps that are enormous. Yes. Health is across the board. You know, managing yeah. a lot is across the board. Um, That's so you know, true. trying to stay afloat, lack of sleep, all these things are, are just universal concepts that, that yeah. humans experience. And so, yeah, that's the story in a nutshell. Wow, I love it. And thank you so much for being so vulnerable and open about these things. I think I'm going to have you again on certain uh-huh. parts that you, you've touched on because we have single ladies that are young in varsity mm. that follow us in Women of Reverence because it's quite a broad audience yeah. and they might be going through things like eating disorder or mm. self-esteem. So I think it's things that we need to touch on mm. and help younger women um, navigate 
it may be easier than or take maybe certain wisdom from ladies yeah. that have gone before us. I mean, Titus 2 is very clear. Older women teach younger women. Mm. And for me, that scripture doesn't just talk about age. Also, maturity in, in life, maturity maybe in walking certain um, aspects of life. So yeah, thank you I so know. much. I definitely... Um, call you back again and we can discuss some of these things mm -hmm. and now I know that today we're focusing on being better together mm -hmm. and how do we parent in a way that will impact the kingdom or in a way that we help each other as community of women so that we parent in a way that glorifies God and one of the scriptures that came into my heart when I thought of this was Matthew 19, 14, and it reads as follows. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belong to such as this. And this scripture really brings conviction in my heart that parenting is part of kingdom building. Can you share with us what is your understanding of kingdom parenting? Um, or what is you and maybe not all and what scripture do you go to when you think I need to parent my children preparing for the kingdom preparing for community that we're part of preparing for the nation or the kingdom of God yes absolutely um it's so interesting that the scripture you'd chosen was from Matthew because that's where I go to too, um, but not that exact scripture, but, but to Matthew as well. And, um, you know, the New Testament is just so full with, with wisdom and advice, actually, especially yes, yes. By, by Paul. But um, so for me, I think what's interesting for me is just how faith has unfolded in parenting. And my mm. kids are still young, so they're four and five, so I'm not super experienced in this whole parenting thing. But I actually mm. found it incredibly difficult to bring faith in to their lives or into our home in the very early years, I actually yeah. didn't know how to, apart from saying yeah. like, let's say prayers at night, which like they keep their eyes open and sort of look at something else in the room <laughs> and ignore me anyway. And then I like open my eyes and they're like, mommy, you've got a dot over here, you know? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> really, that was effective. Um, at least I got in some free time, but I found mm -hmm. that difficult. And so, um, I think in the end, maybe where, when it started to, to become real for us, this concept of kingdom parenting, was maybe when Sarah was about, about three. I'm just trying to think where we were in our lives and Noah then two. Mm -hmm. um, and probably also because for the first time in our lives, we were sleeping a bit more and could think about things like yeah. <laughs> faith in our yeah. own lives again, prioritize yeah. it at least. Um, but for us, what's most important in our faith, and I think this, you know, much like we talk about churches having a different ministry, um, yeah. and, and that for one church, there's a grace message. And for another, of course, we should incorporate all, but there's certain mm. churches that almost have a grace for a, a certain message, mm. you know, that attracts yes. those types of, of people that are needing to be fed in that way or to be whatever mm -hmm. it is. Um, I feel that as individuals, we carry this too. And so what resonates mm. more with one person won't with another. But yes. what I specifically feel called to is the message of love. Um, and yes. the message of, of acceptance. And, and I suppose, I mean, I touched on it earlier, that unconditional love, that, that we are loved to such a deep degree. And if we can dwell on that love, and if we can accept that love and understand that love, even as 
tiny little bits of it as we can as human beings, because I don't think we Mm. get it all. But as Mm. we do that, we become that light in the world. And and we know the scripture that speaks of being this light. And I think often we imagine like this lighthouse shining out and oh, shine your bright light and almost put on the show. But I don't believe that faith is that. I believe that faith is this like overflow. Well, it's not. We've got to be filled first. And then into the world, it's this overflow. And that's Mm. what what my husband and I, I think, have prioritized in our faith. And if I speak specifically of my parenting journey, that's been my number one sure goal, concern, overriding message I live by is Mm. literally Matthew 22. And it's going to sound like an odd scripture when it comes to parenting, but it's um, when it talks about the, you know, referring to the commandments, but it says, this is the first and greatest commandment talking about loving God. And second is like it. Thou shall love thy neighbor as you love yourself. If Mm. you can't love yourself as a mum, it's going to be very difficult to show your kids what self-acceptance looks like, what God's love looks like, because we're constantly trying to fill ourselves on other things. And if we're trying to fill ourselves up on other things that aren't Jesus, um, then then it's likely that that's what they're going to see, no matter how much we teach them otherwise. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think that's been such a priority is to make sure that I'm spending time with the Lord and that what I'm practicing in the home is what my kids are seeing, but also it's what they live in because they live in the overflow of what I'm as a parent filling up on. And we've seen Mm -hmm. this, gosh, I promise you, it has been mind blowing the seasons of life when, when when my husband and I have stepped into more of God, when we've prioritized him in a bigger way, we've seen the overflow into our kids. And in turn, my belief is that as we fill up, because mine are still so little, um, Mm. you know, they're not having long, quiet times or or doing those things. But the truth is that that light starts to shine out of us. And at the moment, a message that's been resonating with me, I actually put it out last week on my own Instagram on my books page. It's Walk Out on the Water. I did a live on this. But that light, I almost saw like a different picture last week where I felt like God also wanted to give us in this season. Um, and yes. this is a prophetic word of many, many women. And I don't know if it's across South Africa or the world, but my belief is more so here in, in this country. But is that mm. there needs to be a lightness inside of us, almost this, not a, a bright light, but like a light. Yeah. That as we fill oh, up okay. with God, that, that we would walk in like, in that peace that just feels lighter than what the world is carrying. That it's yes. not as heavy. And that's what we yes. would send out onto our children is this yes. life that, that in Jesus, the world is not so heavy. And as they filled with that and they see Jesus and they hear Jesus and they, and they expose to Jesus, it will flow out of them. And you said earlier, wow. you know, how will they be kingdom builders or how will they whatever one day? Yeah. That is literally what drives me right now is not to build into their dreams. And, and I am super intentional with all those things because mm. I'm a life coach and it is who I am. Yeah. But more yes. than that, I just try to make sure that they know that they are deeply loved by something that is bigger than them. And that mommy and daddy are trying to model that and and model forgiveness and model, you know, all the things that we taught. Yeah. yeah. And that by, by them understanding that they can then flow out into the world as well in their giftings, but also more specifically in what Jesus has for them, because it's more than just giftings. It's also just what God's called them to. And I know, you know, as parents, we're all saying at the moment, oh my word, we don't know how we're raising children in this crazy generation mm. that they're in and social media and, you know, gender stereotypes and all these things going on. Mm. But last week, again, I was just convicted on 
God, there's a reason that we weren't born when our children were yeah. born. Like yeah, he's put something in them that's different to what he put in us. This was we can't, definitely. You know, we can't limit what we believe that he can do through them. We've just got to model yeah. him, and then let him do yeah. what God's going to do. And yeah, so, I yeah, yeah. I um, love that because because um, I remember I think it was 2014. Um, as you know, you know, we've chatted about this, but the audience, not everyone might know that I have three kids and all of them have different fathers. So I experienced teenage pregnancy. Then I was staying with someone. He left me. He married someone else while I was pregnant. Then I met my husband and we have our daughter. So I have three fathers and I have almost parented from a place of insecurity, guilt, um, and fear, fear that what if this continues in my generation, um, in, my, in, in my daughters, in almost like having kids out of wedlock yeah. and guilt that their fathers are not involved. So I'm, I'm guilty that, oh, my children are suffering the, the, the consequences of my decisions and choices. Then insecurity from a place of, am I parenting well? And the Lord one day in my crying and praying for my kids that they should do better. I've suffered enough for them, almost like manipulating the, the Holy Spirit to say, therefore their lives must Am be I? Yeah. smooth. <laughs> and the Lord just said, Lusanda, do you know that worry is sin? It stopped me on my tracks because it's not something that you think about yeah. all the time. And, and the Lord said, do you know that worry is sin? These are my kids. I knew them before they were knitted in your womb. All your mandate that I'm giving you or your, the role that you're supposed to play in their lives is love them, bless them, discipline them. Yeah. He, it's one of those few times when you know that the Lord has spoken. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. And I think it did change how I parent, but I'm still learning. I know you've got a, a, a course around this mothering from a place or not having guilt. Yeah. Am I am I putting yeah. it right? Yeah. Um, so can you maybe also touch on that? Mm-hmm. Because you did touch on the things that the one of the points that the Lord said to me, love them. Mm-hmm. Can how do we now practically outwork this thing of loving them and not? parenting from a place of guilt mm-hmm. and I know I'm not saying give us your course for free <laughs> but it just would take too on, long just touch on some points yeah um that can help us and those that want to be part of your course obviously will will write it on the post again how mm-hmm. can they yeah absolutely so you know I think the first thing is that guilt is normal for every man and it's important yes. to recognize that because we often feel alone in these struggles and, mm-hmm. and we think that we're worse than everyone else. But again, yeah. that's the devil that, that plants those yeah. seeds. You know, that's not true. Yeah. What you feel guilty about, you might be a stay-at-home mum and you feel guilty that, oh, you don't have a job. You should be wanting to be with them all day, but you don't yeah. want to. So there's that guilt. Yes. And then there's the working mum who gets home late and she feels guilty because she wasn't there. And so from both extremes, um, you know, you're both feeling guilty, but for different things, but ultimately you're both living with guilt. Mm. And the problem with guilt is that the response to that is that we generally overcompensate. And yeah. so we do things that comes from what you were saying, that place of insecurity. 
And if you mm. think within yourself, um, you know, as mums, I know that, you know, food is always such a fun thing to talk about because we all have this very interesting relationship yeah. with it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, how we would do something with ourselves where we will feel guilt about, say, eating something and we'll feel insecure about it. And then mm. we'll think we'll do this like quick, um, you know, compensation off fine. Instead of running 5Ks tomorrow, I'll mm. run 10. Yeah. It never fixes anything. Ever. Yeah. Anything, you create yeah. an injury. Or, you yeah. know, and, and basically overcompensating is rubbing from you again. And that's all mm-hmm. that guilt really does is it rubs more than it adds. Yeah. And one of the things that I think it's in week three of this um, course that you're talking about, so it's an online mm-hmm. course for um, mm-hmm. And we've actually got one starting soon. So this is great timing. But one mm-hmm. of the things that I cover, and I encourage every mom, and if you're going to do the course, you'll hear this again, but I'm going to say it here as well, is when it comes to guilt, the reason you feel guilty is because you are responding to an expectation. But most of the time, as we haven't defined that expectation. And so I wish people could see me on camera, but I'm going to show you with my hands. (laughs) But if Mm. you imagine that it's almost like you have these kids or say you have your first child and you think you've thought it through, but you have no cooking clue. And then you in hospital and the nurse says, okay, so put it on that boob. And now this boob doesn't work so well. And so immediately there's this thought that like pops in here and just like sort of plants a seed that says, well, I'm not very good at this part. And then you want to sleep at night and you're like, what, but I've only just had the baby. I should want to stay at night. And then it almost Mm -hmm. adds, it like compounds to that guilt. Okay. So that's the next level. I should try and stay awake. And then you get home and then your mother-in-law says something to you. And that adds a next thing. When she had a baby, it didn't cry like your baby. Oh no. And now I add another layer. And suddenly it's like end of week one and you're already sitting with guilt. That's the size of a rock. Well, not even guilt. You're sitting with expectation. That's the Tissue. side of a rock. The yeah. guilt is enormous. But all that happened was you never defined your expectations of what a good mom is. You allowed yeah. the world to do so for you. Wow. And I love this. It's, it's such a big thing. And it's something I had to really catch myself on one day when I arrived home from work. I'd been lecturing and I had a one and two year old and I didn't want to get out my car. And I just sat mm. in my garage and I tried to keep as quiet as possible. And I thought, maybe they won't know I'm here. And then I ended up in tears thinking I'm the worst mom on earth. Like I've been out working and now I just don't even want to walk inside. And I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and finally got myself to a point where I was like, I need to rethink this. Like, what mm. is a good mom? And that's the question I want to ask everyone listening. For you, mm. what is a good mom? And my encouragement is choose two to three things. That's it. A good mom isn't the mom that, you know, bakes for Baker Baker. The mom that yes. doesn't buy it on the way to school, which is me. The, the I buy it on the way to school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forget that we were Baker Baker. Um, so I'm that mom. But it's not that, you know, a good mom isn't a mom who, you know, who works from 3 a.m. every single day. A good mom, there is no, there's no such thing. A good mom for me, when I really dug deep, the three words I choose, chose, and you don't have to choose these words. you got to find them for yourself, the listeners. Yeah. Um, but for me, a good mom was faithful, was a biggie for yeah. me. So full of faith. Okay? A good mom was stable. Wow. And a good mom was happy. And if I could be stable, happy, and full of faith, then I tended to be a really good mom because God gave me these kids. They're my kids. But whenever I rubbed from those things, I didn't show up well. And Mm. so what I found was then every time you doubt yourself or you go into that space of guilt, you go back to check against those things. So Mm. say you're a single mom and then you go back and you're like, okay, but, but I said that I needed to be stable and happy. Am I those 
Is, does this fit into that picture? No, singleness yeah. does not fit into that picture. Okay, so I'm going to stop feeling guilty about being single because that wasn't the point. I'm going to work on being more stable for them. Yeah. When mommy is stable, emotionally stable, I'm meaning. That was for me. Yeah. When I'm emotionally stable, I tend to be more present. I tend to be able to yeah. engage them better. I tend to, and, and to find those things for yourself. So find those words and weigh up everything against those. You get home from work and you want to exercise and your brain says, but that's a terrible mom. Say, will that make me stable and happy and faithful? Do you know what? I can't do an hour, but 20 minutes. Absolutely. I'm going to come back better. Better. Done. Wow. I'm going to feel guilty. Wow. I'm going out for my walk. But the next day, when you want to do exercise again, you might be, does that make me stable and happy? No, do you know what? I'm pretty much feeling those things already. I think I actually need to be with my kids. Cool. Done. Wow. So you don't I love that. Crap. And it's, a, it's just a constant, I think, weighing up between that expectation and yes. your reality. Because if you don't define the expectation, and this is, for everything in life, relationships, yes. you, the world yes. will find it for you. Wow, you I like love it. So I love it. My next question would be then, do you think it's wise to attend with dads at your course or just so, mom? No, so this is just for mums, but I think that the reason being is it's so it is only for mums, so there's no option, but the, it's all online so that you do it in your own space. Oh, and so if okay. you were wanting to do it with a partner, um, you know, they could totally do the course with you. It's just the lives once a week, there's a live and it's an mm. evening every Monday night, there's a live, but it's recorded. Mm. So you can watch it later anyway, but mm. then the yes. moms show up live on their own and they're with me and um, I present on a topic. Okay. Do you so, have a Q and A maybe so um, are, after but, each week? Yeah. So there are bits in between here and there, but the way that the actual okay. course works is there's content they work through a masterclass and okay. um, homework activity and then they email the homework directly to me so we in what? correspondence me and that person all week or me okay. and my team I've got a team now just because I've got a lot on my plate at the moment yeah and so we responding personally to every single person every that's single awesome 20 times if that's what it needs to be so it's a very personal thing it's not a group course you're just getting the material yeah. at the same time as someone else wow uh, I love yeah. that and um, you will send us obviously information and links that yeah. uh, that we can we can add on our posts so that people that listen to us may know Absolutely. where to find where and they to can find get a discount code as well. I'm happy to throw that in as well. So oh, thank you. They can put in. It's just on our website, so it's on kateindia.com, and it's you'll find the mum's course easily on there. And then if you okay. use a checkout friend, so lucky my friend wow. then you'll get a hundred yeah. grand off so do that and wow. and these payment plans which is always nice as well so yes. you can pay up to over three months so it's it's doable you know and it's an amazing thing when you invest in yourself the knock-on is enormous because you actually stick to it whereas most of the time yes. we never invest in ourselves as months yes. um, you know we take ourselves for granted so it's it really is wow. beautiful how much other stuff falls into place when you prioritize yeah. yourself in one thing and um, yeah would you say that an audience that is trusting God and 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 planning to, or you know planning and actively planning yeah. to 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 conceive um they can do this course would it prepare them well so it they could I think it will be difficult in that um okay. I I ask a lot of questions that I kind of feel would only resonate once you've got a child and okay. I did have a mum recently, okay. we've just finished a course, and I had a mum on who had a two-month-old, so very early days, 
um, okay. you know, like seven weeks old baby, week old baby. But she said for her, it was like life giving because most of us are doing it. You know, your baby's two or your child's 11 for some people. Okay. And she mm-hmm. just said to do it that early on, it was like she could get on top of the stuff before, like she got used to not having her expectations set up or, you yeah. know, she's already experienced all the stuff we were all experiencing. We just all got so comfortable. Wow. Wow. So that was interesting. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very interesting. Okay. Um, I just want to find out and maybe because we're doing better together, we're saying we are a group of women and I know that's your heart. Let's support each other. Let's lock arms. Let's equip each other. Like, of course, you're equipping us as moms. How, how best um, can you advise us in maybe if my daughter come and visits, how do we help each other that there's boundaries when she comes and visits you, boundaries that are healthy are within your um, family and and vice versa. How do we navigate that as moms without making the other mom feel guilty or a bad mom or who can't parent? Mm. Well, I think for me, it's um, there's so much wisdom in sharing things, and yeah. I think most of us have experienced the knock on of not sharing during COVID and this lack of community. Yeah. And you just need one play date or time with another mom for you to realize that actually. Oh, I can breathe again. I'm totally normal. Yes. Everything's fine. And so yes. on. So I think my first bit of inspiration, if I can say that, is to, mm. to try and be real. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that's going to look so different. You know, I think for you and I, we, we're so willing to share our stories with, with thousands of people and put it out there, but not everyone's called to do that. For some, yeah. there's one person that you could talk to or two, but I encourage mm-hmm. you to do that. Because what happens, and I said it earlier, but what happens when you're real is you give others permission to be real too. And Mm -hmm. I said this when I was coaching someone last week where she was comparing to someone else who's had a baby and their baby's really easy and hers is really difficult. And she said, it's so hard because every time I see her, I feel like I'm just totally messing this up because Mm -hmm. she can't understand why things are so difficult. And I Mm -hmm. said, rather than putting on a show for her, that you coping too, or acting like you're this hot mess. And so you almost get Mm -hmm. defensive, rather just be real, just put it out there. Just say, this is so hard for me. I have a really difficult baby and I'm not coping very well. And the reason I said this to her is because this other man might be coping really well now and she might have an easy baby, but when that child's 13, maybe this mom won't be coping so well. And she will remember that moment when you were so open with her and it will give her the freedom to know that you're the person she can say that to because she didn't judge you then. Um, And I'm saying 13 because I'm giving this extreme example. Mm. You don't know. Things turn around all the time. So, So where it's safe or if you're called to speak to bigger audiences, go for it. Um, Mm. But otherwise, where it's safe, um, or at least where you feel like you could be setting others free, um, Mm. try to be real, because it does. There's an amazing thing that happens when you say, like, sometimes I'm not not okay, too, and you don't have to do that every day. Um, But just by doing that, it will allow them to do the same with you, and there, right there, becomes the safe place. Um, And the second thing that I want to say, and I I don't want to speak too much into boundaries because there's so much Mm. on that topic. And I think um, in something like my mom's course, that's a big thing is really understanding yourself and how you personally manage Mm -hmm. your time, your space, your emotions. Um, And we need to do that. We need to be sure of who we are. 
before we can actually put ourselves into the world um, and make sure we're filling up on guide. Otherwise you will empty all those tanks, you know, yeah. um, but, but another encouragement I do have is to pray with your friends. Amen. And gosh, it's a rare thing. I, mean, I, know. I can probably count on my hands how many times I've actually prayed or how many different friends I've prayed for because it's not a lot. Um, yeah. You know, I find it so easy to pray on a big platform where a thousand people are listening, but mm-hmm. to actually be having coffee with a friend and just catching up and to say like, do you know what, let's actually pray, but not to say like, let me pray for you because shame, you were the one with all the problems, but mm-hmm. to be like, let's, let's just pray. Like we both have so much going on. And I know. Gosh, it's a relief. I did it with one of my best friends last week. And mm-hmm. we were actually at mom's who pray. So it's a school thing. And we were the yeah. only two who yeah. arrived, but she's one of my best, best friends. And wow. we got to pray together because that's what you're supposed to do there. But just the two of us. Yeah. And then we prayed for each other and we both sobbed. And we were like, we see each other all the time. And we've never mm. sat. We'll say, I'm praying for you. And I truly believe we do pray for each other. Mm. But not actually sat together. But there is so much beauty Um I don't know with God it's almost like this emotion is released because it's just so safe and he gosh he says we're two or more are gathered you know there he is but you He's sense there. you sense it so yes I yeah. love that because I think it's in Galatians somewhere where it says carry each other's burdens yes, yeah. I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing it mm. but it's just that thing that it shows again the season what God is doing in our podcast is we better together. Yes. And I love that you 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 saying not me praying for you, but praying for each other mm-hmm. because we all are facing something. The yes. enemy is bringing something to each and every daughter of God or son of God. So I I love that, and and I think um, it, it, prayer just unlocks hope. It almost unlocks heaven mm. and, and heaven comes into your heart and it gives you hope and it gives you faith and it gives you normality, which I think what COVID wanted to steal from us is this not gathering and praying for each other where we can be in one yeah. space and just see the hand of God, even if the answer is not tangible yet, but just see the hand of God in us praying together. Absolutely. But thank you so much for sharing that. I would love as we close that you just share with us which woman in the Bible most resonates with you, not in parenting, but just a woman in the Bible. I had such a chuckle when you, um, (laughs) when you said that. So um, I did an interview recently and they asked a similar question. Um, I think they said something like, who do you admire? So I said, I admire Ruth um, because I like that she was so loyal and that family was important. I don't necessarily resonate with her. I I just Mm. admire her. But I don't actually feel like I'm most like any of the women of the Bible. I feel I'm most like a man <laughs> in the Bible. Which is fine. No, shay, shay. We're not but I just thought, you know what, here. that's cool. I just have to be honest, hey. So yes. um, I've been doing the, you know, um, there are all these programs online and I'm doing one where you can read the Bible in a year. And yes. there's so much reading. But it's been amazing to read. And out of all the reading, and obviously we, we're quite far through now because we're nearing yeah. the last bit. Um, mm. And David, without a doubt, I resonate most with. Wow. Um, and I think the reason for me that I resonate most is he is um, he's so real. You know, he, yeah. he just totally puts himself out yeah. there. 
He, he does have a big calling and I he's a natural him. leader, but he messes up all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time, which I do too. Um, and he has so many ups and downs and he says it all. And that's exactly how I am. It's like I live um, I live this very like exposed life where I show, I'm very open to say like I, I messed this up, I messed that up, but I still fully love Jesus and I'm still fully trusting him, you know, for the bigness of, of who he is in my life and in our world. Um, mm-hmm. And yet still I have these, you know, huge swings up and down. Whereas my husband is just mm-hmm. one of those stable people who's always the same. And I'm like the <laughs> one that like swings this way and then I swing that way. And thank goodness <laughs> I found him. But I think that's where I resonate with David. It's we not like him. this big, powerful <laughs> character. It's actually just that he, yeah, he's a bit all over the place. He feels it all, which I do mm-hmm. too. He's a big feeler and so am I. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's still... Yeah, stepping into leadership when God's called, even though he messes it up along the way. Um, but then in verses, I love Esther and yes. I love that for such a time as this. And um, I mm. think we all love it, but I've seen it just mm. so many times recently where I feel I don't feel that for such a time as this is for one season. I think there can yeah. be many things that when things align, we need to recognize it. And I think yeah. we often forget that these are the very things we prayed for that, you know, you were once doing this career and you never understood why. But maybe yes. it wasn't for that season. And you might find years later that a connection mm. you had then or something links up. And that mm. for me is that for such a time as this, just like Esther, that she was queen, yeah. maybe just because of one moment. And, yeah. and that maybe you had a job for one connection and that that's yeah. enough. Um, and to just yeah. remember those things. So just throwing in another woman there. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Uh, it's funny because Joseph sees me as a David as Is well. That, that I'm so expressive. Yeah. If I'm angry, I'll tell God, cake and did this. And at the yeah. moment, yeah. I don't like <laughs> her. Da, 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 da. And then I come back. I'm like, oh, Lord, fix my heart. It's yeah. so... I love her. It's all fine. So, but what I love about what God said about David is a man after my own heart. Mm -hmm. And I think God is not shocked by our emotions or or us wearing our hearts on our sleeve or swinging to the other extreme of life or messing up. He he knows, Mm -hmm. but he's comfortable that we can just be with him mm-hmm. so it's a good person to love in the bible um so thank you so much for joining us today i'm really really blessed thank you for being authentic for being you and i know our community will enjoy you and definitely will put up um your course and your book and obviously they can go to woman of reverence book club and see um, our review there and I know me and you are talking about putting your book on the store on our shop online for people to purchase so we are very excited um, about that thank you thank you thank you so much my friend for joining us thank you for yes me. thank you it was such an honor so friends um, that was Caitlin DeBeer an author a life coach and a speaker and as you heard she's written a course And she's written a devotional, 365 days devotional. I have it next to my bedside. I read it often. Thank you so much. If you want to hear or know more about us as Women of Reverence, please go to our website, www.womenofreverence.co.za. We are available on the social media platforms as well, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. It's just Women of Reverence. 
Thank you for joining me today. This is your podcast host, Lusanda, and you will hear from me again next Friday. Thank you. Goodbye.